Jay Adewale is as passionate as they come when it comes to youth empowerment in Africa. He's also just as passionate about businesses and investing on the continent. Meet the CEO of Point of View Consulting, Jay Adewale. He talks about bridging the investment divide, the misconception people have, the misconception people have about investing on the continent, and so much more. From over 1,100 cities and 128 countries, KI Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial. Meet the CEO is brought to you by Digital Africa, helping African solutions emerge. Who is Jay Adewale? My name is Jay Olanrewa Adewale. I am a serial entrepreneur. I am an African investment consultant. I am originally Nigerian and I'm based of New York City, where I'm the principal consultant of uh, Point of View Consulting. Um, I've helped a lot of businesses grow and I'm also a serial entrepreneur, like I stated earlier. And uh, I, I, I love business. I love seeing businesses grow. That's my mission in life. Talk to us about Point of View Consulting. Point of View Consulting is a New York-based um, consulting firm. Um, we've helped a lot of businesses succeed. And major, the major thing we do is management consulting. And um, we also offer business solutions to businesses. You know, our main goal is to help businesses succeed. We provide them expert advice and support. And to be honest with you, we understand the unique challenges, you know, facing businesses today, especially the the recession, you know, and all the inflation up and down all over the world. So what we do is we we try to be a step ahead. We work hard as a business to ensure our clients are equipped to tackle all these challenges heads on. So, and one thing that also makes us unique is our data-driven approach. You know, we customize solutions that help our clients reach their goals. You know, we just don't just um, deal with different businesses the same way. No, we customize solutions for different business because, you know, each business needs um, different solutions to solve their problem. I, as an individual, apart from my organization, I am passionate. So my organization automatically will be passionate about helping businesses reach their full potential. And that is one thing we, we work towards. And lately, we've started um, this point, which is building bridges. We call it the building bridges. So we are building bridge. Because most businesses, you know, European businesses, we have them set up in the U.S. African businesses, we have them set up in the U.S. But we're not thought of it that, okay, here's the African continent. How can we work hard to get investors to set up in Africa? And that is one thing that we're working on currently. And apart from that, we have highly skilled professionals. You know, people that have decades of experience and expertise in wide range of business areas. You know, we have like members who are good in finance, strategy, marketing, operations, fundraising, legal, and even much more. Uh, so bringing this, um, assembling this team is not just an easy thing, you know, but we've been able to ask, you know, 
I achieved that. And we thank God for that. So our goal is to help businesses grow. Help businesses grow. But now the approach we're now taking now is what I call building bridges, just like I said earlier, is to get investors. We have a lot of investors that really feel like, okay, they really want to invest in Africa, but they don't know how to go about it. So we we seek partnership in different countries from South Sudan to Ethiopia to Uganda to Rwanda to many, many, even Nigeria. So we seek partnership and that is, um, with that partnership, we're able to build that bridge between, so we are like just the gateway to Africa. With our theme, right here in the US, they give you the gateway to Africa. And that's what we offer. What was the motivation behind setting it up? Okay, so what's the motivation? Ah, well, I I think it's all about passion. You know, I'm motivated by passion. When I was growing up as a teenager, I think within, uh, when I was like 15 to 18, I used to help businesses like write business proposal, you know, business plan. And this was normal thing I do, you know, while I was in, I think in high school. So it was like my part also. So when I was done, I went to college. After college, I was like, okay, you know what? I think I'm done writing business plan for people. So how about I go into this business? So and I started doing various businesses from a fashion brand called Fashionistin to setting up, a, you know, one of the top agencies, you know, in Africa as I then. And um, also right here in the U.S., setting up X Limited and many, many, many agencies and companies I can't even mention right now. And also to even setting up a, one of the biggest um, African store marketplace in the U.S., Shop Africa USA. And I set that up. You know, when I got to that point, I'm like, okay, I think I'm, you know, I work with the plan and it worked out right. And I'm like, you know what? I think it's high time for me to now focus to my old passion, which is helping business grow because I'm helping, I've helped my business grow. I've done a lot. I've done all the connections and all that. And I got to that point. I had a colleague, you know, uh, who's from Switzerland and we had a seat and we set up the point of view con- consulting. A corporation right here in New York. So, like I said, you know, it's my, the need to help businesses grow there now drive me into this because I understand like uh, the unique challenges that come with different businesses, you know, especially in this world that we are now, that uh, businesses are struggling, you know, just like I said earlier, inflations, you know. So, my, my own um, energy is now devoted to the African investment consulting, you know, which is something I I am I'm more inclined towards. You know, I've been working towards it, been doing a lot of research, you know, um, with the motivation of building that bridge, you know, that bridge between investors in the USA and investment opportunities in Africa. So I've already, we had, I have, you know, client right now that we are putting up on, up on investment, especially in Nigeria and Ghana. So, but we are we are narrowing down them down to you know Uganda and many places. You know, in the coming days, I'm pushing more energy. You know, doing all the networks. You know, to facilitate successful investment for my um my client, and that is that is what I'm currently working on. So the motivation is all about seeing businesses grow.
And that's what I love. You've been called an investment bridge between Africa and the USA. How have you been able to do this successfully? I've been able to bridge the gap between Africa and USA. And that's one major thing. And what I've been able to do is leveraging my network. Because most of this network are USA investors, you know, business owners that I've known for many years and they've seen our work and they've seen, oh, he's helped our business grow. He has done this. He has given us the right consultation, you know. So now they have that need that, okay, can we invest in Africa? Because Africa is a very, very, I'll call it the land of milk and honey. Although it has its own challenges, and that's where the problem is. Because a lot of you know investors always ask me that question. You know this, you know Africa, you know the rules, you know all the some corruptions, and you know, there's been a lot of misconception that you know that has been said about Africa. So, but my approach is always about you know giving them the right network and give them the right exposure, you know. With the knowledge I have and experience in both regions to facilitate, you know, investment opportunities for them. You understand? So, and that's, and that's what my clients, you know, like. And that's what I, I like to do, you know. And that's why people call me the, you know, investment bridge between Africa and USA, you know. And I also have people from, from who help achieve these goals, you know. Um, from South Sudan, I called up, and you know, these are people that you know they are good partners, you know, that help us achieve this, those things on ground, and that's how we make this thing work. There are huge misconceptions about investment in Africa. How do you counter these misconceptions? To counter misconception about investment in Africa, I actively promote success story, and apart from that, I showcase the potential of African markets. Because if you look at it right now, the world is Afrocentric, you know, and a lot of people need to understand this. African market is a very large market right now. So what people need is the truth, which most Western media don't show. They always show Africa as a bad market, is a poverty-driven land, you know, which are not accurate. So what I do is I provide accurate information about the investment climate. The richest black man in the world, not in Africa, in the world is from Africa and is from Nigeria. And his investment is not in the US. The investment is in Africa, Nigeria, you know. So we need to get to that point that we need to let people know that investment in Africa is actually the key. There's, the climate is good if you have the right all these processes. Because like I said, take you through all the processes so you don't fall into wrong ends. And that's it. The climate is open for investment. How do we better prepare African businesses to be able to receive substantial investment or funding? At this point, at my own point of view, my mental point of view, to better prepare African businesses for substantial funding that's going to come in the next few years is right by the corner. We need to focus on improving financial management. 
that's african businesses need to understand it they need to focus on improving their financial management their governance structure and market positioning this is one thing that an average businesses in america focus on financial management governance structure and market positioning so once we get that on the way then i think we are we are prepared for um to receive those funding and investments. What are some of the challenges you have encountered? So one of the challenges I face as a consultant, uh, um, a business consultant, is managing client expectations. You know, it's like um, when you have to deal with a client, there is resistance to change. Maybe you come up with a, a big strategical idea that can actually, you know, leave a, a lasting impact to their businesses and they don't get to that point yet. So sometimes you just have to, you know, you know, I've known how to deal with it. So I just go back to their level and probably help them grow gradually. Because sometimes when I come up with ideas that I foresee to their businesses, they're not saying it that way because it's quite huge. And another thing is staying up to date with industry trends and best practices because the consulting work changes year every, I wouldn't say every year, just like the technological world. You know, you could be doing like... Um, uh, was in JavaScript today and tomorrow you talk they talk about Cisco and the next year you talk about AI. You know, it's an evolving world that you need to stay up to industry trend. So and if I have to talk about the challenges I've encountered, you know, consulting, you know, for African investment, one of those things could be cultural differences. You know, if you're introducing a product that sometimes is quite different from what they are used to, it takes them a while to uh assimilate it you know probably introducing a product from america they're probably in congo they don't really know more about it it takes them a while sometimes you know regulatory complexities of african nations sometimes could be and that's why we are called a consultant so we try to navigate towards it so this could also be a challenge and another thing is limited access to capital African businesses, you know, getting funding in Africa is almost impossible. So, except you have bringing capital from outside, so which some of businesses feel challenged about. So, but lately we've been working hard enough with our consultant on ground, our partners to see how can we best um, resolve this situation, and that's the challenges I would say I've encountered so far. Are there changes you would like to see in your industry? So what I really want to see change in the African investment um, consulting industry, I would love to see more collaboration between African and international investors. I also would love to see increased transparency and simplified investment processes so that an investor don't have to go through, you know, crooked ways to get their investment in a country. You know, I would say this to the government of different nations, make it easy for people to invest. Let them know, okay, how much is the tax? How much is this? How much is that? Let it be easy as ABC. As a matter of fact, if you can have African nation have like their own ministry of investment, I'm sure a lot of them have it, but they need to make it like probably have a web, 
the website because sometimes when some of our investors want to invest in some countries, you know, it's really hard to even get any information about how to invest in that country, which is weird. You know, what about what's the processes? Then you probably, if you are not going through the right channel, if not because we, I as an individual, I know one or two person, you know, one or two partners on ground, then, you know, they deal directly with the ministry in charge of investment, you can fall into wrong hands because there's no website that talked about the charges, the processes, nothing. You just have to guess, you know. Um, some month ago, one of my clients, before he became my client, you know, he, he was trying to get some product in to an African country, I don't want to mention name, and they told him, um, she's sorry, he's going to pay $7,000, you know, to get that thing. And I was like $7,000. So, quote unquote, somebody introduced them to me and we are, to, we are, we are handling them. And we found out that then I called my partner and the, my partner reached out to the minister, the minister of uh, of investment over there in that country. And the minister said, there's nothing like this. That who, who gave you the, who did you pay that money to? And before you know it, everybody's running out of scatter. Oh, no, we don't know about it. We don't know. So they're trying to cheat um, the organization. If not because we stepped in rightly, I'm sure... They will have scammed more than that money from them, which is so bad, you know. So I feel most African countries should open, make it transparent. Let it let let's know what we're paying for. Okay, if you want to invest in in this and that, and that's the same thing happen happening in America. If you want to invest, we know okay what are what what are the licensing you're getting. You know, this ease of investment should actually be um should be worked on by the governments of um, African countries. And where do you want to be in the next five years? Wow, that's a very powerful, powerful question. You know, last five years, um, some things I plan to, some I've not achieved yet, some I've achieved, you know, but it's been a, a very long five years and I thank God for that. So but for the next five years, um, I see myself continuing to build bridges between Africa and the USA, you know, that means expanding my consulting services in, if possible, all African countries, you know, point of view consulting in all African countries and making a positive impact in businesses in both regions, making investments in Africa seamless so that when you want to invest in um, the Congo or even CAR, as a Central African Republic, you don't have to start, you know, greasing some, you know, just some hands. You it's just going to be easy, easy peasy. You just go to a platform. You see, you, you select the country you are looking towards, and we reach out to you. We help you navigate through all the complexity, and um, that's what what I see my organization, you know, moving towards. And in terms of my, in terms of my personal life, you know, when it comes to um, personal business life, or probably have more organizations, um, business organizations, more entrepreneurship businesses, organization also have like a, a non-profit that focus on African development. You know, um, I currently am the executive director 
you know, partly for African Coalition for Development. So I'm hoping to push that um, non-profit to push the the narrative of, you know, helping develop African states, you know, through non-profit policymaking, think tank, you know, ideas and all that. So that's just what I see myself. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. Data from the International Energy Agency shows Libya's oil production was 1.15 million barrels per day in September and changed from the previous month. Thanks to steady oil production for more than a year, government finances in the year end to September show a budget surplus, though smaller than the one over the same period in 2022. And a quick trip around Africa. Power returned to Guinea-Bissau's capital after the West African country's government resumed payments to Turkish company Kapaship, which had plunged the city into darkness due to an unpaid debt of $17 million. Kapaship said it cut off electricity supplies to Guinea-Bissau for one and a half days after fuel suppliers paused work following a protracted period of non-payment. Economy Minister Suleiman Sedi told reporters that $6 million out of the $15 million of arrears owed by the electricity and water company of Guinea-Bissau were paid. Kaparship, one of the world's largest operators of floating power plants and part of the Karadeniz Energy Group, has been supplying 100% of Guinea-Bissau's electricity needs since signing a deal in 2019, according to the website. In September, Kaparship switched off electricity supplied Sierra Leone's capital, Freetown, due to an unpaid bill of around $40 million. The Nigerian government has announced new social grants, which could see 15 million poor households receive 25,000 naira per month, or roughly $32 at the official exchange rate for three months. This social support spending is part of the conditional cash transfer initiative financed using funds saved from scraping fuel subsidies in June. Trade unions and Labour Party have criticised the scheme for not going far enough and are calling for expanding the list of eligible households and higher grant spending. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial and you can find me at Withadong. With